0: Welcome to Scale School, my friends. I'm Dan Bolton and my purpose here is simple. I wanna help you increase the scalability of your coaching or consulting business so as it gets bigger, life gets better. Here we will be talking everything from getting clients, keeping clients, teams, leadership, but most importantly, making scaling simple and fun again. Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope you get a ton out of today's episode. So I am here sitting with none other than Grayson Lupus, um, the 20-year-old wonder kid. Um, Dude, I'm so pumped that we're having this conversation. Uh, For people who don't know, you and I have been working together for a few months and we got to hang out in person, which is a real joy these days. I mean, everything's just online, dude. But offline, we got to hang out in Bali, you came to the Bali Intensive and you were here on, well, this is probably a great place to start, dude. You just got married. I did. Yeah. I just got married about eight weeks ago. So- it's been awesome. Amazing, dude. And so you were here on your honeymoon uh, and then your fam- some of your family came out towards the end of it and then you went to Thailand. And I forgot to ask you, how was Thailand? So you were here for a month in Bali?
1: Yeah, we were here for, we were in Bali for about four weeks and then we went to Thailand, Bangkok for a week. We spent the whole time in Bangkok, which is not like the typical, you know, you think of Thailand, you think of like riding, you know, camels and stuff like that or whatever, elephants. <laughs> um, And we were in like the, you know, three times the size of New York which is not what you think of when you think of Thailand, which is Thailand. is just the largest city that I've ever seen in my life. So it was still fun though. Super fun.
0: That's wild, dude. And so uh, people have heard the intro by now that you have rapidly scaled from not zero, but zero-ish in terms of transitioning offers. I think, think, correct me if I'm wrong, when we started working with you, you just had a $12,000 month with a coaching offer. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I did, I scaled a new offer from zero. So that's mm-hmm. true. But I I mean, I had a coaching offer. It just wasn't really a good a great offer. So. Gotcha.
0: So so you, you took that and you got to a seven figure run rate within four months. And so like th- really what I'd love to dive into is the journey to get there, the journey since then of us working together of kind of what worked, what didn't, and really just have a conversation that would help other coaches that are in this space that are either at that starting line, trying to figure out kind of where to go from here, or also just scaling up. And- all of the challenges, you know, you and I were joking about the team challenges that you're facing around different parts of scaling up. And you know, I've been yeah. there I hundred percent. So quickly walk me back because uh, you are 20 years old. And so it's not like you have this freaking decade long entrepreneurial journey. So how did you get into entrepreneurship at all? And you know, I know your first business, or at least the first business I knew you from was your content agency. So did you launch that straight away? Like, how did you yeah. get into business?
1: I mean, that's the first real business that I had that actually made money, but I had, I had tried a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I mean, in high school, I tried drop shipping like anybody else. Actually, <laughs> I was one of the first people to ever run a, a TikTok ad right when it came out. The day it came out, I launched TikTok ads for my Blue Vision glasses brand that I had created Um, and uh, made two sales, which I thought was amazing. So that was my first internet money. But um, other than that, I've tried all sorts of different things. But Eventually stumbled upon what I thought was like a real business, which was sort of like, you know, social media marketing agency. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like my first real business. I started it while I was in college. I went to college um, in Arizona for a year. Yeah, I started that business and that was where I made my first like high ticket sale over
0: a thousand bucks. So... Who who got you into the agency space? Was it, was it Iman Gardzi? Like, cause obviously like of course. Me, I, I got of in course. five years ago and there were two kind of two really prominent people. There was Ty Lopez talking about social media marketing and Sam Ovens talking about consulting. So, how did you go from unaware high school student to stepping into the online space both through dropshipping and into agency? Like, were you going through webinars? Yeah. Did you buy a course? Like, what did that look like?
1: Yeah. So I was actually, I was working, I first wanted to get into real estate. So the day I graduated high school, I got my real estate license uh, to try and sell real estate. And I had my first deal lined up for the next week where I was going to um, sell my first property and make about 10 grand. I was like super pumped. Um, it was like a family friend. They were kind of being nice. But at the same time, I had like worked so hard to get my license. I was going to go into real estate. And then um, I was going to play basketball in college, actually in Washington State, where I'm from. That's where I'm at right now. Um, and I made a last minute decision. Probably the, probably the first time I ever made a decision like a big decision on my own separate from, you know, like my parents and things like that was I decided I I went to my coach, my basketball coach at the time. And I was like, yo, dude, I can't do this. I'm like, I'm dropping out of basketball. Like I hate basketball right now. <laughs> I just been so burnt out. I kind of like found my, my identity identity was in basketball. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I kind of want to go make money. Went to my coach, dropped out of college, went to the Dean, told him I was pulling out and I wanted a refund which from a coach perspective, I'd be so upset looking back now, ask for a refund. (laughs) Um, Anyways, ended up then after I dropped out, I went and told my parents, hey, I dropped out of college. And they were like, well, you have to go back somewhere. So I went to Arizona. In Arizona, I can't use my Washington real estate license. So I ended up applying for a million internships. And just one person responded. I got a real estate internship out there trying to learn how to invest in real estate. The owner of that company was like, hey, We don't need help on the investment side because you know absolutely nothing. Why don't you come in and help us with marketing? Because you had built up a TikTok following. Not a lot of people know this about me, but I had built up a TikTok following doing trends and stuff to around a quarter million in about three months in high school. And so he was like, hey, like it looks like you did this in high school. Why don't you come and do this for us, but in the business side? And I was like, okay. And within a month, we had 20000 followers on TikTok on their real estate account. And so I was like, maybe I have a knack for this. And so I did that for a long time, ended up learning about funnels and all this stuff that I had no idea existed. And then from there, I started looking into, hey, what if I started my own business doing this for a bunch of people? And then I found Imon, bought his course, learned everything. And within 16 days of buying Iman's course, I was doing 10K a month. So. <laughs> I love it, dude. I had no idea
0: about the TikTok origins. That's amazing. <laughs> what what was What was driving yeah. you to want to do that? Was it Were you seeing a business potential, like opportunity? Were you just wanting to build a personal brand? Like, what was inspiring you as a high school student to create TikToks?
1: I think it was probably just ego. Like, you know, I see a bunch of people online that are like, "Oh, you're so awesome," and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Um, (laughs) You know, you have hundreds. I had hundreds of thousands of people. I had I had over a hundred million impressions on my videos, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Like, I post a video and it gets eleven million views. This is amazing. Um, Back when TikTok first came out, so. That was more just probably an ego thing. There was no money behind it or anything. Yeah.
0: Well, interesting because when we connected, we connected end of last year, someone who's now a current client of mine recommended you to help me with like video stuff. And so I, when we got connected, I actually recognized you from TikTok, but it would have been later. It would have been the next iteration of Grayson because the TikToks I was seeing were business and marketing related, not necessarily trends related. And so you worked with this real estate agency, you grew their TikTok account, you started your own business, doing this for other people. And so what did that first few months look like? Did you have a clear offer right away? Was that a shotgun approach of kind of trying everything for everyone? Like what are those first few months look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, before I even started the agency, I knew that personal branding was going to be a big thing. I just didn't know how to make money from it. And so I actually was paying, I was making 2000 a month from an internship as a salary part-time. I, I took every dime of that And and put it into video, paying a video editor of a guy who's actually still my creative director to this day. I paid him all two thousand to edit content about business stuff that I had no idea what I was talking about. But I knew that building my personal brand would be important. I just didn't know if there'd be an ROI on it. And looking back, that was actually what that TikTok account is what you saw. That was me starting a social media marketing agency without ever having an offer. So I built up an audience of like five or six thousand people, and then eventually I launched an offer, which was my content agency offer Mm -hmm. to that audience. And that's why I scaled to 10K in 16 days because I already had a little bit of an audience built up just talking about random business crap that I didn't
0: really know. I love it. And so when you say you kind of launched that content agency model was that really clear from day 1 that it was like we're going to edit your videos for you and it's going to be short form or long form like what were the iterations of that process because i think one of the the misconceptions a lot of people have is when they look at someone's successful offer they don't see the iterations they see the end result and so they yeah. go oh that w- must have been like you know straight from the outset they they launched this offer but the reality is is that oftentimes it's like through iterations and optimizing that you get to the thing that worked and so what did that look like for you? Did you find it yeah. early on? Did you have to change and iterate? Were you working with the right people right away? Tell us about that. I mean, I
1: was working with the right people right away, but that was by accident. It just happened to be the people that I was attracting. But at first, my first offer was I tried to launch a $250 course on how to go viral because I had done it myself back in my TikTok days. And I was still doing it on that account, like talking about business stuff. And that course, when I launched it, sold like three courses and I was like, holy shit, this is going to be my thing. And then that was it. And that was done. Um, Like that was all I sold. And so I was like, okay, I need like some sort of like monthly recurring revenue where I don't have to like keep selling courses all the time. What can I do? okay, I can just do this for people instead of teaching them how to do it. So I actually come from the coaching world first, I guess. Um, The course is the info world. But yeah, and then I was like, okay, it sounds like people like people want these like captioned videos that Hormozy was making at the time, and they don't know how to do it. They have no idea where to hire an editor. How do I do this? How to make them look this good? And I was like, oh, this is easy for me. Why don't I just do it for people? And so everybody that that I initially, you know, reached out to, walking them through a DM script, which I didn't know at the time inside of TikTok DMs. Like, hey, do you want to jump on a call? Like not knowing that was a whole thing, right? DM scripts, book them in for a call. And I close them like, hey, I just want to, I'm just going to edit your videos for you just like this. It's 1500 bucks a month. And they were like, yes. And my heart was like, are you serious? Like, just, <laughs> I think that's it. Paid on the call, like my first first sales call first close. And it was just a guy who's like, yeah, 1,500 bucks, easy. I need these videos done. No one was doing it at the time. Nobody was doing Hormozy videos at the time, right? There's no other content agencies. And so it was super easy for me to sell people because not, you know, it was something that a lot of people wanted, but nobody knew how to do, which high demand, low supply. So, mm.
0: And so what was that journey like after getting those initial yeses, getting to that 10K a month? Like what did the next few months look like? Was it all easy? Did you, I imagine you then had to start building out a team of contractors and stuff like that. So kind of what were the highs and low moments of those next few months?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea what I was doing. So I was trying to service clients and take care of them all. And I didn't know how to edit videos. So I had to hire an editor off the bat, which I think also helped me because a lot of people, they start and they know how to do the thing. So I think they should be doing it for their clients. I had the benefit of not knowing how to do it. And so I was forced to delegate to an editor. So I brought on a full time editor, paid him kind of like per video. And as I started to get two, three, four clients, I would just continue to give them more work and then eventually brought them on to a salary. And then I had to start to figure out systems right? We started getting like an Asana dashboard, right? Getting videos in a pipeline, getting them out to clients. I figured out what Slack was, got my clients inside of Slack. Pretty soon I had like a full-blown, what I thought was like a business. I had Slack, I had, you know, Asana and all these softwares and I had software management and uh, we were managing you know, at one point, 28 client, twenty eight active clients in the agency, you know, doing 30 videos to 60 videos each per client.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. And there was a mix of short form and long form as well. Like some of that was like, you throw some captions on and some of it's like freaking B roll and yeah. different things. So there's a lot to it. And, and every
1: so- client wants something different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Dan Bolton's in your DMs being like, Hey, I, I think my brand is more like this or like, you know, Um. <laughs> and so, so what was the moment? Like firstly, how long did you stick with that model? And then secondly, like what was the moment that led you to want to transition out of it?
1: Yeah. So I stuck with it for a year, did it for a full year. And so I did it from, I think like May, I signed my first client all the way up to May of the next year. So that was literally May of how many months ago, That how it was May's four months ago, Mm -hmm. uh, five months ago. I still ran that agency. And then you said, what was the second part? Like, how did I end up switching?
0: Yeah. Well, what was that moment that made you want to transition in the first place? Like if it was going so well, why not just keep growing it? Yeah. You know? Well,
1: funny enough, all my clients were coaches. I went and did like, a. I was like, let me look at my clients and kind of just see like, who am I, who am I speaking to? Like, I don't even know. So I went and did like a full, like, all right, I got 28 clients. Who are they? 27 of them were coaches, online coaches selling into products. And I was like, huh, that's strange. I never even like knew that. Like I didn't know what a coach was, right? All I was like, in my ad, my first ever ad, I was saying like, if you sell a mastermind or a course, here's how you can blow up on TikTok. That was like my first ad for the agency, not knowing the word coach like existed. Like I always thought of coaches like a basketball coach, right? Um, But little did I know like all of them were coaches. And so I was like, huh, maybe I could package up my expertise. And instead of helping a bunch of coaches, why don't I just launch my own coaching offer, right? It seems like they have the money to pay me. I right. wouldn't be able to afford myself. So maybe I should become a coach. And I think uh, one of your clients, Brandon Forbes, who was one of my clients at the time. And I was like, hey, you know, Brandon or sorry, Brandon was like, hey, like, have you thought about like, just taking what you have and launching a coaching offer? And I was like, no, I haven't thought about it. And he's like, oh, dude, you totally should. Because, you know, Brandon was one of my first ever agency clients. So that's kind of how I had the idea of launching a coaching offer.
0: Yeah, I'm curious to know, like I dropped something uh, the other day that got some feedback on it and it said something like coaching industry hot take. And basically I laid out in the post, like too many people without skills are launching coaching businesses and their only skill is giving advice. So they've like gone through a course or a program or something like that. And they've repackaged that. And now they're like a business coach or whatever it might be online, but that's their only expertise. And I think like what's really underrated is stacking the hours and building the skills that then give you this unfair advantage in coaching. So like my journey, which many people listening to this will be familiar with, was I went from youth pastor to agency owner overnight in April, 2018. And out of my first five clients, two of them were actually coaching clients. So I'd spoken on stage I think at that point, like 500 times. So I had like a decent hang on, uh, like decent skills when it came to communication. I never actually marketed online outside of what's funny is using our youth groups, Instagram to get teenagers to want to come to our stuff. So that was the only actual marketing experience I'd ever had. It was like, how do I get teenagers in our area to want to come to this Thursday night's hangout? So I mean, it was some level of experience, but it wasn't like helping people make money online. So my first five clients, three of them were agency clients, two of them are coaching, and one of them was a real estate agent that I was helping him like create social media posts to get get our uh, listings. And one of them was an online personal trainer or an in-person trainer going online those clients got okay results. One, the real estate agent crushed it. The in-person trainer got okay results. What I realized was my skills were like pretty low. Like I, even though I knew stuff, I didn't really know how to coach. I was like, okay, as a coach. And so I did a range of different coaching things over the next two years. I coached for Taki Moore for a little while further down the track, but basically for the next two years, I just scaled an agency to seven figures. And I spent all of my time getting really good at copywriting, building funnels, like understanding like, like funnel, like conversion rate optimization, all of that. My point in sharing all of this is I then launched my own coaching program and it goes from zero to 347,000 cash collected in a month, 16 months later. Sounds like a really sexy kind of overnight story, overnight uh, success story. But it was a decade in the making in the sense of all of those hours on stage speaking, building that skill, or those couple of years and those thousands of hours building an agency and learning those skills. How important do you think it is when people are thinking about launching and scaling coaching offers to have had a backdrop of building skills? Like, what's your opinion? Do you think people have to go through this route of done for you and, and doing work uh, with clients or alongside them? Or do you feel like people can transition in? I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I work
1: with a ton of agency owners who are trying to launch coaching offer because that's my offer now. Hey, if you're an agency owner, you're stuck in the of done for your grind. Like I was, here's how I got out of it and want, you know, packaged my skills into a coaching offer. And so I that's what I help people do. And a lot of times, like I won't work with any pretty much agency owner unless they've at least cracked 10K a month. And most of the time I don't even like working with people that are like aren't past 20, 30, 40K a month, because you can get you know lucky, you get three or four clients and get to 10K a month. And so I think like it's really, in my opinion, looking back, it absolutely was not fun going and building an agency to 60,000 a month like we did. It was miserable. I cannot imagine doing it again. It was terrible. I, I hate it. I hate the relationship you have with clients in that setting. Um, And so I think doing that is what sort of like allowed me to launch a coaching offer. And I, even, I still even think like I only had enough credibility to coach. Like I scaled my agency to 60,000 and I still only coached agency owners on how to go to 30,000 because I didn't want to over, you know, over coach beyond my skill. Overshoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think like it's not necessary that everybody does that. But think about like the amount of leverage that you have. Like think about like Hormozy if he went to launch a coaching offer would just absolutely blow it out of the water. No questions asked. Like best coach of all time, right? But if Hormozy had just you know, built gym launch to a million dollars a year and then launched a coaching offer, nobody would know about it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, how much leverage do you want to have before you decide to start coaching on whatever it is? And I think the more skills you can stack and package onto that before you decide to do it, great.
0: Yeah. I think this is such a funny thing in the high ticket space because we see where people are and we ignore what they went through to get there. And so like, it was really funny for me when acquisition.com popped up because it's like, I don't know what the term is. I think it's like private equity or, or whatever it is basically investing. Yeah. And so I I had a number of friends that were at like the seven figure level and they're like, yeah, man, I'm now doing this like private equity model where I'm going to like partner with people and take a percentage of their business. And I'm like, you don't have anywhere near the skills and the experience needed to succeed at this because you can't just look at what the, like the person's highlight reel and the end result that they're at without figuring out that he built a hundred million dollars of the revenue and value in his companies. It's the same with like Sam Ovens now, right? Like he's launched a software offer and I think he'll take it to over a billion for sure. Like I just I think I I bet on Sam all day. He's just an incredible human. But he made so much money and so many skills before he launched a software on a learning platform. And yeah. I think it's like hilarious to me when I see people, and also I empathize with it, right? Because the coaching lifestyle, I mean, like you were just joking about it before, going back to the agency. Would not be fun, and I've never ever heard anyone sell an agency dream as like this is going to be really fun, (laughs) because it's just not. It's really hard. And I I have friends that have great agency businesses, and obviously if you're a super smart builder and operator, you can remove yourself from operations and things like that. But with coaching, it's much sexier, right? Especially when you have business models like ours. It's like we have amazing profit, lean team. We basically get to create. Like like today, this is like my third call of the day. Uh, After this, I have one more one to one call, and then I'm I'm. going to the beach club for the rest of the day. <laughs> like like I'm just like living up in here in Bali. So I empathize with people looking at us and going, I want to become a coach, but I'm just I'm not convinced you can do it without mad skills, right? That you can do it without some level of credibility. I think the only asterisk I would put here is if you don't have skills in coaching people, then you better at least have achieved a result yourself, right? right. So you might be a brand new fitness coach, but if you've lost a ton of weight, at least that gives you some level of credibility to kind of I, figure out how to help people.
1: Yeah, and I think that that uh, a lot of people underestimate what you and I have talked about a lot, which is your personal development as a as a person, not yes. outside of business revenue. Like even if I got to fifty thousand or sixty thousand a month in my agency, and I have the tactical skills to do that, and I want to launch uh, a coaching offer, coaching people on how to do it, right? If I'm not developed as a person to be able to you know be the man sort of worth making that amount of money, then when I go to coach other people on how to do that. I'm not going to, you know, they're not going to get like the result that they want, which is probably in all reality, a better life, right? Yeah. Like the people that I coach, they don't want a better, you know, they they don't want a bigger business to make more money. They want a better life, right? That's what coaching is. It should improve someone's life, not just their business. And so I think like if I hadn't become at least a person worth that amount of money, money, which is, I think, I can't remember when you and I had talked about that recently, which is Mm. like, hey, you don't want your revenue to outpace who you are um,
0: or your personal development, which is kind of like, you know,
1: if you scale super quick, that can happen,
0: right? And it, well, it's a huge challenge, right? A, a lot of people have their cash flow outpacing the character and That's a better way to say
1: it. Cash flow outpacing your character Yeah,
0: I mean, I, x pasta <laughs> here, so everything, everything is alliteration, right? It's like, but um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's so key. Like, and I think people underestimate that because we've been told by certain marketing hooks and, and funnels that we are one funnel away, or we're one mechanism away, or if you do this one thing, you're going to get the result. The reality is, is it's always more complicated than that. It doesn't mean it's actually complicated in the sense of how to scale a business. The strategy has to be all over the place, but it's uh, more difficult than that because it requires us to evolve as a human being. So never forget, like, have you ever gone through Sam Oven's consulting accelerator? I've been trying to find it for the last three months and I can't find the it's actual- It's so hard models. to find, dude. It's so hard to find. Um, I was going to say, I'll share my login with you, but that's like dodgy. <laughs> so I will not do that. But let me explain <laughs> this for a second. Yeah. So so um, his that's one of the best courses I've ever been through. Even to this day, if I was to go through it now, it'd still blow my mind. It was six weeks long. Week number two was all about mindset. And it was not, like a couple of mindset like uh, modules on like how to be positive and how to like upgrade your thoughts. It was about seven or eight hours of deep psychology. And if I could summarize all of week two, it was that you have to transcend the current version of yourself and become a new 2.0 version, right? So if you are not yet making six figures in consulting, this is kind of the theme of it. You have to become someone who can now make six figures, but it's not a new funnel and a new ad strategy. It's a new version of yourself. So when you think back to scaling your agency. Like, what did the personal development side look like on that yeah. regard? Going from like, because because I think the thing I'm most interested in is your your age doesn't reflect your your level of success. Like, when I think of me being at twenty, it's not that I wasn't smart enough or I didn't have a work ethic. It's just that I had so much immaturity and and I wasn't even thinking on this level. And so, personal development look like uh, if we just focus on the yeah. agency stage for now to get to that fifty sixty thousand dollars a month. Like, were you binge watching personal development stuff? Were you just hustling like crazy? Like what did that kind of upgrading from Grayson 1.0, the aspiring basketball playing real estate agent yeah. to like the 2.0 version of like building that $50,000 a month agency? I think there's a couple of things that
1: forced me to personally develop. Like I I kind of like forced myself into personal development um, through a couple of things. The first thing was that like, I, I'm i the type of person that like, I seem like a from the outside perspective, you might look at my life and be like, oh, this guy's perfect. But when I... Uh, when I make mistakes, I make like big mistakes. Um, and so like I, you know, my personal development had to happen in like, it wasn't like, oh yeah, it's like this linear sort of personal development stage. It's like, Hey, things are going pretty, pretty steady, pretty consistent, huge mess up, huge crash. And then you start to have this massive sort of personal development, like all at once. And it seems like you're just successful. So for me, that's kind of like what my personal development journey looked like um but also like you know thinking back to even like the person i was when i was running my agency now i can sit down and i can work from 5 a.m to 5 p.m because i just love what i do and i love building back then i i would never have been able to do that like i wouldn't just there's no way i could sit down five to five and like really enjoy working um on my business um and i think that's just like it happens over time like a lot of times you listen to people like the gurus and you might hear them and be like oh yeah they're they're working so hard like you know they have all these these things that they do and Alex's morning routine you hear all this stuff and it's like it's not like you can just take this and do it like you have to go through every stage that they went through there's no skipping steps um, yeah. and that's kind of what i had to go through from my agency
0: one one of the things that i think is so helpful to think about is that that like the metaphor of a muscle being built like i would say when i think about my early 20s i don't think i was lazy i, d- I just don't think i had a strong work ethic like i wasn't yeah. i was i was a youth pastor the church was really small when i started There wasn't stacks of work to do. And so the idea of me like working really, really hard, it wasn't, it just didn't even make sense. There was not like stacks of stuff to do. And then over time, there was a couple of key things that happened. The church grew really fast. So my responsibilities grew. I got married, which was like step up in terms of work ethic. I was like, oh no, now I need to like feed someone else. Then we had our first kid. That was another big thing. But that whole idea of like, this is a muscle that can be built, which is not just true of work ethic. It's true of all of it. It's like your skill, your ability to think really well, upgrading your beliefs, it's all a muscle that gets developed over time. Like optimistic people aren't necessarily people who are born without negative thoughts in their brain. It's that people that are more optimistic build the muscle of looking for the best things and focusing on those things. And so I think like it's really interesting to think about that from your perspective because you've just crammed a decade of life into 2 years, it sounds like. Like from the time you left high school till now, it sounds like you've just been really focused on developing these key skills and key areas, uh, and really developing your character and developing your work ethic. Would that be fair to say that you've yeah. kind of like <laughs> Gosh, crammed it all in? Like,
1: yeah. And it's like, it is like every day. Like I look back and at some point I'm sure this will slow down, uh, as I, you know, it's like you're on an exponential curve, but, um, I literally look back every week and I'm like, I can't believe what I was doing a week ago or what I was thinking. Right. right. Like I, I literally like every single week I look back, like I cannot believe that that's the way that I was thinking. Like that was stupid. Right. Yeah. So it's like the, the personal development is happening very quickly, but it's because I'm like forcing myself like into it. Like I, like the, the actions that I'm taking are forcing me to be developed as a person. Like I just got married super young. I have yeah. no choice, but to get my shit together and like make enough money to put food on the table and like have a place for us to live. Right. So like these things, I'm like forcing myself, like, Hey,
0: you got to do it. You know? Yeah. When I think, I, I know you wouldn't say this of yourself, cause this is, uh, but this is what I would say about you. I think my favorite trait about you is you're incredibly teachable and coachable. And of all of the people I've worked with, that's the trait that I look for the most for the people that want to get the most out of working with me and go the furthest. Because the person who thinks that they've got it all figured out, even if they don't, like like I had a client who is, does a, you know, kind of high seven figures a few months ago, be like, what's the difference that you see between people who are at 10K a month and people who are at 100K a month? And I, I said, well, there's actually two different types of people who are at 10K a month. There is the person who just got there and there is the person who's been stuck there for a while. It's much easier to help the person who just got, like, this is this is counterintuitive, but this has been my experience. I'd love to know what you think. If someone has just got to 10K in the last few months, I can help them get way past 10K way faster than someone who's been stuck at 10K for a long time. Because if you've been stuck there, you can fool your yourself into thinking you're way smarter than you are because you've just been at it for a long time. So you actually become more closed-minded, not more open-minded. You become less teachable, not more more, more teachable. And the thing that I think you actually have working for you is you're 20 years old. And so you're like super aware that there's a lot of stuff that you don't know. So when you ask for my advice, for example, you actually take it on board because you're like, well, Dan's further along the business journey. He's 13 years older than me. He might know some things that I don't. And so you absorb things like a sponge. And I think like this is just such a cool thing to, to major on for a second because coachability and teachability is not just about age. It's not just about stage. It's about a mindset that you carry because the most successful yeah. people i know are wildly coachable and wildly teachable but it, it it's yeah, because had, that's the um, mindset they choose to keep open
1: yeah i have the same exact experience especially especially with clients of mine that cuz i'm i'm showing people how to launch a coaching offer and oftentimes people who are launching coaching offers have had a lot of success right and so oftentimes i'm coaching people who have made more money than i have right like i'm i'm coding, currently i just had a, a client who uh, who churned who had an agency doing 200,000 a month more money than i've ever made Right. More mm-hmm. system building, more team building. I don't have those skills yet than I've ever done. And I'm trying to help launch a coaching offer. And as we're working together, you know, he figures out, hey, I'm 20 years old. Hey, like I haven't been doing it for that long. And he starts to kind of be like, hey, dude, this program's too too basic for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm this isn't going to work for me. And I kind of just ask him, like, hey, like, aren't you trying to scale a coaching offer from zero to 50K a month right now? And he was like, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm not going to learn from from you because, you know, I, I don't know why, because I'm young, because I've, you know, whatever. And I was just like, man, if this guy had would actually just kind of like listen to me, maybe there's like some things that he could learn. And so I think like there's things like that, obviously, like, age doesn't matter um, as much as sort of just like coachability. I think I 100% agree. And I think age and co- coachability in terms of like me being 20 and young could definitely be correlated. But I think I'll probably be coachable for the rest of my life. Like I just watched Hormozy do a podcast with Dave Ramsey yesterday. That was great. Saw that, but... I saw that as well. Yeah, yeah. And I was and I was watching and I'm looking at the way Hormozy is looking at Dave Ramsey. And I'm like, he still looks like he's a kid like in a candy shop watching Dave Ramsey, even though they're almost to the same level and he's half the age. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, just watching Hormozy be humble humble and coachable looking at Dave Ramsey was like super inspiring. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm never going to be at the point where I'm just like, you know, big head and I'm not coachable anymore. If Alex or is coachable, then I should be too. Yeah.
0: hundred percent. And you you find this for not just our little pocket of the internet with coaches and, and, uh, gurus and stuff. Like you see this across every domain. You see the Warren Buffetts of the world. You see like, they're all students. They're all like, like, infinite students and I think that's just such a key uh, takeaway for people listening to really be thinking about the fact like where am I coachable and 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 I think a really easy way to figure out where you're not is what am I not willing to be challenged on because yeah. some people are like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm hiring a coach, but just for this area, but don't talk to me about this. I'm amazing at this. I just need this help. But I think it's maintaining that level of coachability. Like the more successful I get, the more money I make, the more I realize I don't know. And the more I'm surprised I'm making as much money as I am. I'm like, man, I don't know how I got this far because there's just so much. I don't know. Like I I, I sit down I with agree. some people and I talk about, talk about marketing. I think I, I know about marketing because I made all this money, but then I like talk to other people that are way smarter. And I'm like, man, I know nothing nothing. They're talking about psychological triggers and same with sales, dude. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm good at sales, but I've made millions sell it on the phone. And so I talk to people who are great at sales and I'm like, man, I just know nothing. And I think there's something beautiful about having that student mindset in every area of our life. So I want to pick back up on the story. So we talked about getting a 60K a month as a content agency. If we fast forward to earlier this year in May, you then launched into coaching. So kind of bring us up to speed of the iterations of the offer over the last few months and kind of what you've been focused in on to scale to where you are now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've always uh, loved working with with coaches. Um, even in my agency, obviously I work with mostly coaches. Um, I love the idea of packaging and selling information offers online. I don't know why, but I love it. And so at first I felt like I, I could only coach on things that I'd actually done myself, right? That's the one requirement to be a coach. Hey, whatever you're going to coach on, actually have done it and so i was like okay what can i coach on because i know coaching is what i want to do i'm going to coach on how to scale a content agency to 50k a month i think i said 30k a month because that seemed more realistic to most people so that was like my first real offer besides the 10 clients guaranteed or your money back which i don't know if you want to go there we can like totally go there but
0: let's offered. talk about the content agency piece first
1: yeah and so i, I started coaching content agency specifically at first thinking like there's no way there's that many out there i could even coach um but then that was how i got to 30k a month or 25 or 30k a month somewhere around there was just coaching content Agencies um, on how to scale using the same system I was, which was like content, ads, and DMs inside of Instagram. Um, And then eventually, I figured out the system for my coaching business, which was like, okay, I've I've now built a coaching business to twenty five thousand dollars a month. Why don't I go now show other uh, people how to like transition from this agency world to coaching like I did because I'm loving this so much more than I ever did in my agency. And so then, what's funny is I actually started taking all these agency clients that I'm trying to help scale, and I say, hey guys, what do you guys think about launching a coaching? And so I actually, um, I only work with a few agency owners. Now, most of them have packaged it into some sort of consulting based or inf- at least information, you know, added into their offer working with clients. Um, because I just think the information space is so much more, it gives so much more value to clients. So anyways, that was what kind of like my, my first offer was a content agency. Second offer was really helping uh, agency owners kind of turn done for you into done with you offers. So that's what I do now. And I just love it. And I think it's a huge problem. And I think there's not a lot of people solving that one problem, or at least yeah. saying that in messaging is like, Hey, go from done for you to done with you.
0: Yeah. I'd love you to dig into a second. A few months ago, maybe a month ago, you shot a video called the million dollar decision. And you talked about some of the lessons you learned around picking coaches. So like, how do you think about picking coaches and mentors now? Because I think for people like a lot of people, I think everyone needs a mentor at every stage of their life. Now to qualify that, I don't think that means every person needs to be actively paying in a program every stage of their life forever. I'm not currently in a program, but I always have mentors. And I think for many people, oftentimes what I find is they have way too many, well, let me say it like this. People have way too many mentors, but too few coaches, right? They've got so many voices, so many subscriptions, so to speak that they're kind of confused on what to do and they're taking inspiration from everyone, but they actually don't have any good coaches in their corner that they can trust, that they know that they like, that that they need to get to that next level. So how have you thought about picking coaches and mentors at the different stages that you're kind of at, like that you've think gone a, through? Yeah, I think
1: it's a super, super simple decision for me. And it's like, um, do they not only have the business that I have, but the, do they also have like a life that I would want to live? right? Because the way that you build your bias, your your life and your business together matters a lot, right? Mm. Like if you, if you're a coaching offer, if you said, Grayson, I'm going to help you scale to 80,000 a month in the next 16 weeks, but you have to do it working hundred hours a week and your wife's going to hate you. And you probably won't be able to have kids for 10 years because it's going to take a long time to get there. I'd be like, there's no way. <laughs> but since you said, Hey, I'm going to help you get to 80,000 a month, but I'm going to do it, you know, working three, four five hours a day in a business that you love that's scalable, all that stuff. That's what I'm looking for. And so mm. like, in a coaching offer, I would never now looking back, I bought a lot of coaching from people that I now I would never buy from. I want to buy coaching from people that have the life that I actually would would want to live. And so I was looking at, you know, who do I want to help me get to that next level? Um, because I there was a lot that I didn't know and a lot that I knew I could just fast track my way there. And um I knew of you and I was like, okay, this the the vibe and the energy you put off has nothing. To do with like typical guru typical here's how you scale typical bro scale as you call it yeah. um and so i was like i kind of like this this energy and so i was no, definitely not in the financial position to be able to invest, but I did anyways. Um, and so that's why I made that decision to work with with you specifically was because of that like business and life piece together, not just the business piece. Otherwise I would have paid some other guru or
0: something. A hundred percent. And I think this is so key because I think everyone has to cultivate a clarity around their vision and values. I think too often we simplify everything down to a problem and a solution. And we go, I have a problem. I can't build a sales team. I need a better offer. I need lead flow. And then we just look for someone that has the sexiest solution but it's exactly like you said. It's like, like I, I love this analogy. It's like, if you think about weight loss for a second, there's a lot of ways to lose weight. And helping someone lose weight with the ketogenic diet versus liposuction will get them the same dream outcome, but through a very different like a path. And most coaching is the same way. If people don't share your vision and values, they may still be able to get you where you want to go, but in a way that you never wanted to in the first place. And the way that and you I, get there matters a lot. Oh, 100%, dude. It's like, you can, like, this way. why... <laughs> I see so many different ways to get clients these days that actually work. Like I have friends that just send thousands of cold emails a day and that Fully sounds like my hell. Like I, there's nothing less that I want to do than cold email and cold call people, but it totally works. And for some people, they're willing to do that and they're willing to like do that hard work and make it happen. For me, I don't want to do that, so I'm looking for people who have similar vision and values to me. And I think for you, getting clear on that I think was so key. Um, and I think people making decisions based on vision and values, and like you said, looking at a coach or a mentor and saying, uh, not just do they have the solution of my problem, but do they have a life that I want? Do they have a business that I want? If I work with this person and am I I going to become more of the person I want to become or less of the person I want to become? And I think that's like, so key. So you've scaled this coaching offer. It's been working really well. What have been the biggest lessons you've learned around scaling, specifically with like what's worked or maybe things you thought were going to work that didn't? Because you've scaled really fast. Spoiler alert for everyone uh, who's wondering how you get clients: is it's incredibly simple. It's hard, but it's simple, right? And so, what are the biggest lessons you've learned in this kind of scaling process over the last few months? And feel free to talk as much or as little about your business and funnels and funnels stuff like that.
1: I mean, I think the biggest lesson is that the secret is that there is no secret like there literally is not a secret that exists that you have not seen on youtube on instagram the secret is that there is there is no secret and the sooner that you figure that out figure that out the sooner you'll be able to actually scale your business is like there is a lot of personal development that needs to happen there's a lot of hard work that needs to happen there's a lot of just doing the thing that needs to happen doing the boring work like it is very boring work. Sometimes like I don't want to build a sales team. I don't want to hop on my setter every single day and go over KPIs. I don't want to hop on and have to train, manage, hire a sales team. I don't want to, you know, talk to my VA every day about failed payments and all this stuff. Like it is not right. always going to be fun. And so the secret is that there is no secret. Of course, there's tactics and there's funnels and strategies that maybe most people don't know. Those things you can learn very quickly. Like you taught me the our first maybe two coaching calls were like, here's the tactics. Here's the strategies. Boom. You're good to go. Like you've you've learned those pretty much, obviously there's more to learn, but like, that's pretty much it. Like, here you go. Here's Everything else comes down to like um, the boring work of actually doing it. And then also like, what kind of business do you want to build? Like the personal development required to actually get there. Um, So that's honestly like the biggest lesson is a secret, there is no
0: secret. And I think like, that's a a funny thing to bring up, right? Because we've been working together now for 20 weeks or 20 something weeks. And um, our first couple of calls that you said, it was like tactics. You're like, I have this problem. I'm like, great, here's a solution. Problem, yeah. solution. Then we started to get into like the deeper stuff, right? I remember at one point you're like, man, I'm like trying to figure out like how to improve my relationship with money. I'm like, yeah, you just need to be giving some more away. And you're like, okay. <laughs> right? And then Dan's like giving you all these esoteric homework items. And then we were talking about God and faith and our relationship with ourselves and all sorts of stuff. But I think that is such an important thing to emphasize. It's like when I think about the biggest gains that I've made in my business, like Tony Robbins says, success is 80% psychology, 20% strategy. And when we hire a coach, we think all we need is the 100% strategy. And then the strategy is going to be super complicated and super secret. And once we get it, everything's going to be different. The most underwhelming thing people can experience is getting the secret and realizing there was never one to begin with. And it doesn't mean the secret doesn't work. It means the secret was never about doing the thing. It was about becoming the person. And so what has that been like for you in the last few months? Because again, four and a half, Half months, five months, it's not very long, but you've grown substantially both in business and as a human being. And so we talked a lot about the how did you build your character and personal development to do the agency? What is that path of mindset, personal development, all of that stuff look like over the last four to five months?
1: Yeah. I mean, I originally, when I set out to build a coaching business, I have the goal hey, I want to get to seven figures in 16 weeks. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. And that was, it's an insane goal. Like I've never done coaching before seven figures in 16 weeks. That was my goal. And we ended up hitting it. Like we ended up, or not seven figures made, but seven figure run rate. Um, (laughs) and we ended up hitting it, which was great. Um, but only after I let go of the goal. So like I set the goal, I start in the journey, 16 weeks, week by week, we're tracking numbers every day. And eventually we get to a point where I'm like burnt out and frustrated, even though I'm making like 20, 30,000 a month in coaching in the first few weeks, like in the first month, month and a half or whatever. And so at that point, I'm just like, there is, there is nothing that is going to make me happy about making more money. Nothing. Even if I hit the goal, like I'm going to be happy for five minutes. And so I was like, I've got to figure out what is going to like, you know, fulfill me as a person. Um, and at that point, that was when you were like, well, dude, how's your uh, relationship with with Jesus or like with God? I can't remember what you said. And I was like, are you serious? You're going to ask me that right now? You're not going to tell me like how to hire a sales team? Like, what the hell, Dan? And I was seriously, I was like taken aback for a second. I think I took five seconds to answer you. And I was like, well, now that you mention it, it's not. Great. Like, it's not amazing. (laughs) And then I was like, I guess what can I do to improve it? And I was just so taken aback by that call. But then afterwards, I was like, maybe this is like what's like, maybe this is what's it. Like, I had, after that call, I sat down with my fiance at the time and I was like, you know, kind of like about to cry. Like, I had tried she had given me like every every or Sorry, I had you had given me every tactical or strategy strategy thing you could do to do the next thing and I was like and I and he didn't like there was nothing else there there was no secret that I was missing it was just like you need to become the person that can actually do this and I was like ah shit this is gonna be hard <laughs> and so I did a lot of like hard things in my personal life that I'd like been putting back but it was like in my relationship with my fiance at the time a lot of hard things like we had to talk about it was in fitness I'd gotten up to 23% body fat at the time which I come from playing basketball and being like 10% all the time. So that was a lot for me to gain weight in a year. Um, And then I ended up trying to get back in the gym consistently. Um, I had tried to go to church consistently more. I started hanging out with friends instead of sitting at my desk all day. And when I let go of the goal of making seven figures in 16 weeks, and I focused on trying to become the person worth that, even if I didn't make that amount, how can mm-hmm. I become the person worth seven figures? Then we actually hit it in 13 weeks, 13 and a half weeks. Right. Um, and, I, and then I didn't even notice. Like We did 80, 88.9K in cash collecting the last four weeks in my Stripe account. We actually did 92, but it was through like a PayPal or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, we did it. And I didn't even care at that time. I was just like, I had become the person that was like, i thought you know at least was kind of worth making that amount of money but it was i only made it once i let go and was like i'm gonna work on myself
0: i love that man i appreciate you sharing that and quick disclaimer for everyone my typical coaching questions do not include how is your relationship with jesus but but in this (laughs) instance that was a question i asked grayson because i know he's a follower of jesus and i think one of the things that i uh have really learned over the last few years is there's a quote i i don't even know who to attribute it to i feel like i've heard it from 30 different people is you typically don't have business problems you just have personal problems that show up in your business so what we're what we're not talking about is just the law of attraction like become this awesome person and this business magically follows No, you still got to do the work. You've still got to do all of the hard uh, decisions, the building, the tactics, the strategy to build the business. But what happens is if people don't do the personal work and the personal work could be anything from dealing with unresolved trauma and emotional issues, right? It's like when people have unresolved issues and something doesn't go right in the business, they don't make uh, a sale they thought they were going to make, the salesperson screws up, if you have unresolved emotional issues you that spills out into business right if you have anger that you're not dealing with all of a sudden you're taking out on a client or a team member or your spouse and so all of this has really practical applications. It's not just energetic, even though I do believe in that, but it's actually really practical. And I think like what you just talked about there is um, so key, right? It's like actually focusing on those things. And that's, what's really funny about what you said as well. You we had this goal that you were probably like the best way I can describe it is like white knuckling it. You know, it's like, we got to get to like yeah. seven figures in six weeks, uh, 16 weeks. And then um, when you let go and you just become a bit more free with like, that's my intention. That's what I'm working towards. And I'll get there whenever I get there. Ironically, you get there faster, but it's a different energy. Right. Like how would you describe that energy of like when we first started working together and the pressure you were putting yourself under? Because I don't know if you remember, you had way more extreme goals than seven figures in 16 weeks. You were like putting massive pressure on yourself to freaking make bazillion dollars in the next like year. And you dialed that back. And so when you think about that energy you had when we first started working together to now, like how would you describe that difference?
1: Yeah, I think it's just thinking about like coming from the agency, which is more like my agency was more trend based almost where it's like, you know, I got to suck as much money out of this as possible before, you know, AI automates from content and I'm out of business mm. coming from that world where it's like you're constantly trying to like do the next thing to the coaching world where I now have the intention of like I'm building my my coaching business for literally the next 40 years. Like I think I'm going to be I'm going to be coaching whether it's on this or whether it's a new offer I will be coaching and sort of like mentoring people whether it's paid or for free for the next 40 years. And so like having that mindset and thinking like, you know, I do not care what happens in the short term, because this is something that I love doing. Um, it's something I'm building for the long term, then the short term goal is alleviated, right? Like all the short term stress, it, it goes away, you can actually make you can actually be creative, you can actually think you can actually make clear decisions based off of long term thinking rather than mm-hmm. short term decisions, which make, you know, short term, uh, maybe short term success, but you know, super stressful, um, going to impact your personal life type decisions. Yep. Um, so that's what is kind of when I just more focused on the long term goal and just focus yeah, on I sort of like that. the the inputs required to get to where I want to go, but not being attached to the outcome
0: of that. I love that. Before we wrap up, um, I know the audience is this far in and they're going, wait, you haven't told us about the tactical stuff. So Let me give the 30 second spiel and then I want to ask my one last question. So you get clients through Instagram, you've developed an Instagram system. We actually, you and I just did a call with my community 90 minutes ago where you kind of broke down that system. It's a mixture of short form and long form content. And basically how you got here was running a really simple version of that uh, Instagram social funnel that you talk about. So for anyone who's wanting to know more about that, I highly recommend just going and following Grayson on Instagram. You will get a first row seat into how that looks. So if you yeah. if you're sitting here and you're trying to figure out, but how, exactly how did he do it? Just go check it out. My my last well, question is this. Funnel. You will enter the funnel. Yeah, yeah, you were in the funnel. Um. My last question is this, bro. Like what what is next for you in terms of, well, let me just say this. Maybe that's not a great way to frame it. Obviously it's like grow the business, make more money, all that kind of stuff. What are you focused on now to get to that next level? To both take the business to the next level and go to, brand, like, go to Grayson like 3.0. Like what does that look like?
1: Yeah, the biggest thing in the short term, and I'll give you the long term, the short term for me is figuring out every day how to completely disattach my emotions from business, Uh, like completely disattach my emotions from specifically like revenue in the business and how well we do. I think once I can completely separate those things, a lot of stuff in my personal life will be much better. Like my my wife recently, I go in, like my office is right outside my house. And so I'll go inside for breaks and in between calls and I'll be in the middle of the day and payments failed or clients send bad messages or that client didn't sign up and I'm like super emotional or just like upset and clearly, visibly. And I'm trying to, the biggest thing in the short term is working on how to separate those things. Because it's like, it's not like a one thing you can tell yourself. It's like, I think it's like you said, building a muscle in the long term of slowly doing that. So that's kind of like my, my short term answer. It's not really a monetary goal. But my long term answer is I do like I want to I want to get to a million dollars a month, which is like a pretty lofty goal. But I genuinely at the bottom of my heart do not care when I get there. Like even if I'm 60 years old when I get there, which I think it'll be a lot quicker <laughs> than that. Um, like I genuinely don't care when I get there. I mean, as long as I make enough money to live my life. And I'm starting to figure out Sort of like other things that i'm that i'm passionate about so i want to you know start looking at those things because i'm less focused on just you know making enough money to get by
0: so 100 you've got enough money for steak now you know you're good the expensive yes. red meat bill every week well dude i just want to say a couple of things firstly thank you so much for coming on today really appreciate it i know people are going to get a lot out of this conversation second thing is i'm just amazingly proud of you man and i know as entrepreneurs we tend to be so hard on ourselves and we judge ourselves on our worst day, not on our best day. I mean, some days, let's be honest, we judge ourselves on our best day and we feel amazing. And then it just takes like one bad message or one bad moment to bring us back down to reality. But I just want to know from me to you, I'm so proud of you, man. It's such a pleasure to work with you. And I know you're just getting started both in life because you're freaking young and because, uh, You know, you're you're just so teachable and so coachable. And I'm just so excited to see whatever the the next season holds, not just monetarily for you, but just this constant evolution of you becoming a better human being and becoming a better husband and, you know, eventually being a dad and all that good stuff. Um, you're the man. And I love you and appreciate you. And I appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, Dan.
1: It was awesome. Thanks for thanks for being a good coach. Thanks, brother.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Scale School. I hope you found something valuable in today's episode. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that so you can be notified every time we drop future episodes. And if you and I have not already connected, feel free to track me down on any one of the social media platforms. My big head and smiling face are no doubt going to be there. And you can just search my name, Dan Bolton, and we can connect there. But thank you again for tuning in, and I'll see you in a future episode.